we praise you so much. We know that you hear your people's praises and you inhabit the praises of your people. You inhabit among us. You said, Lord, when we give our hearts to you and we lift our voices to you in total surrender and praise that you settle down upon us. Oh, thank you. And Lord, when our hearts are so surrendered to you, with no one looking to the right or to the left, Lord, just centering on you, that's when you come in and do signs, wonders, and miracles. That's when you speak to our hearts because our sole focus is only on you and what you want to happen, Father, for your people here today. So we give you glory. Just say, I give you glory, Lord. I give you glory from my heart. I don't even have to say, you say. You, you say it if you want to. I want to. I give you glory, Lord. I give you glory. I give you praise. I thank you for what you are doing and about to do. In Jesus' name. Yesterday was a time that I was out and about and I got to, I went to Ashley for something, Ashley's Furniture Store for something, and I, I witnessed to a young man very strongly. I don't see him here today. He said he was going to try to come visit us, and I gave him a book, and he was just wanting a church, a home church. I don't see him, but anyway, then I went to Walmart and uh, lo and behold, the Lord let me connect with the Limleys from Fairfax, Steve Limley. And we're just so glad for Cheryl and Steve and their granddaughter. What is your name again? Valley? Valent. Valent. Beautiful name. We are so happy to have you here, Valent. And the Lord has been speaking to me about young people, honestly. And he said he's going to start bringing in more young people and, and look. And all the Lord is bringing people here. And so my job is to talk about our class that we are starting tonight. We've decided behind those curtains right there. We're going we're gonna to start right there in the Agape Fellowship Room. That's what we call that room behind the curtain. And those of you that want a book, I ordered 10 and they all went immediately. So I went to Broken Arrow to Rick Renner's ministry and got 10 more. So they're $19 for those that are going to be in the class. They're for you reserved just for you that are com coming to this class. And so uh, if you want to pick up a book for tonight's class starts at six o'clock last day survival guide. And this is going to be, I'm so, my heart is so on fire for this class because it's going to be so powerful and so good. And the Lord has been really speaking to me again about the youth, that the youth need to be in this class. If you're a young person, this is a perfect study for you. It's a perfect study for all of us. But those of you that are young people, I just want to really sincerely invite and stress how important this class is and we want to get all of the young people involved in this class you don't have to have a book by the way I'm not if you don't want to buy a book don't purchase one guess what I'm going to have two pages of handouts anyway for you so that so you can write and I want to encourage you that as we uh, give you handouts go to Walmart or someplace and buy you a little half inch or a little some kind of a holder you can put your notes in because it's going to be very good. You're going to be collecting notes every Sunday night and I, and so you can have something to put them in because the Lord's going to speak to you through this through this session and he's going to redeem your time. And with that being said, I just want to share what Dr. Julio Vega was on his Facebook this morning that the Lord really, really spoke to me. And the Lord said, share that. This is it. The Lord is redeeming the time. Say it. He's redeeming the time. Now, I want you to listen to this. When the devil wants to destroy you, he does something to your time so that time continues to pass with no corresponding achievements represented in it. This is what we call delay, stagnation, retrogression. The biblical proof of delay is when 
only your age is growing and nothing else grows in your life. Just years. Just your age. You just keep adding days every day. But no corresponding achievement is evident. Well, it's time to do what God has called you to do. And guess what? God said, if you will just step up, I'll redeem the time. For those that you have, have been sitting at home and those of you that are watching live stream, if you're just sitting at home and you're just letting your days add on and your age add on, but you're not accomplishing anything. You have no purpose, no drive, no wonder people are filled with stress and, and, and all kinds of depression. The Lord wants to redeem your time and bring you more joy than you've ever even thought about. I, I just, for the days, we know that it's time to redeem our time because the days are evil right now. We're going to talk about perilous times tonight in the first chapter. So if you get your book, if you want a book, read the first chapter. And that's what we're going to cover tonight. It's time to redeem the, your years and let the Lord restore to you everything God called you to do. It's going to accelerate. And I believe that for every one of you here. And I know it was a divine connection with the Limleys yesterday at Walmart. We just connected and, and hadn't seen Brother Limley and, and, and Cheryl. I, I didn't even remember Cheryl very well. But I'm telling you, God lets us go out in the public and he will divinely lead you to different ones that you're to witness to. So youth, you come out tonight. Young people, you come out tonight. And you can get a book or you don't have to get one. Last day's survival guide. Six o'clock tonight. Back in that room behind the curtains. See you then. Amen. Praise the Lord of glory. Amen. Praise God. Amen. One, one, there we go, okay. From time to time, the Holy Spirit begins to do something special in people's hearts and lives. And he begins to say things. You can bring this down just a little bit. And while I was sitting there and Gail was acknowledging some guests that she knows from Fairfax, I've, and, and I just, I know them from Facebook. And then she acknowledged a granddaughter. Is it Fallon? Well, I know that if you've been around charismatic Pentecostal churches before? No? Well, from time to time in a service, the Holy Spirit will say things to people of what's going on. And the Lord told me to tell, I don't know you, you've probably never met me till today. But the Lord said that some of the things that you have been going through and the challenges that you've had, the Lord said to tell you, I've got those under control. And the setbacks that you've had and the I don't fit situation that's been in your mind, the Lord said that's over. Because the presence of God and the church of God that you find yourself in today. And for those of you watching, the church of the Lord is the place where those that, that feel they have been rejected become the accepted. And so the Lord said to tell you that whatever it is, do you feel something what I'm saying? Is it ministering to you? It is wonderful. Well, the Lord said, don't be afraid of those tears because those tears are tears that God is saying I've got your situation in my hand. And here's what he said. My hand is bigger than the hands of anybody in the world. And he's got you covered, okay? 
and Jesus loves you. My good friend from the PTL club that we see and guess we talked to them just the other day on the phone. Jim Baker says, God loves you. He really does. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Put your hand on your heart, everyone, for just a moment, please. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence on this Lord's day by the blood of Jesus and by the name of Jesus, declaring that you are our Father and that we are your sons and daughters. We enter your gates with thanksgiving today, so thankful for all the many blessings. We pray this morning for all the pastors in this land that are lifting up the name of Jesus, that you will anoint them and as they stand in their pulpits to preach, declaring the good news, they are serving as messengers of hope for those who are in attendance today. Lord, help me to be a messenger of hope today as I stand behind this pulpit and that the workers individual will rise up today to teach our children in children's church. Lord, that you will send people from this nation to the four points of the compass of the universe to proclaim Jesus Christ. We pray for the senseless killings to stop on college campuses in New York, in Chicago, in areas where there is no respect for law. Your kingdom, Father, and your will be done on earth today as it is in heaven. Let's pray together now after me. Say, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us, Lord, our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hallelujah. You ever been jealous? Can I see some hands? Make sure that I'm on track. You ever been jealous? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been jealous of yourself? Anybody ever even ask you that question? Jealousy can cause you to act in a distrustful and destructive way that will ruin any relationship you are trying to establish. Jealousy often comes from people's insecurities, not feeling good enough for others in some way. Now I know that I'm on target because I believe with all my heart that God wants to destroy the giant of jealousy in our nation. And you'll see some things on, along this message. Overcoming jealousy is a good way that you can overcome by addressing your insecurities and your trauma with help from God's promises. God's promise is the only thing that can help you with the spirit of jealousy. And we must also challenge our negative thoughts. How many have had one negative thought? How many had more than one? I knew a man that he was so, so negative that I said one day to him, I said, you know, if you've, had, if you've ever had one positive thought in a week, you probably have a, frame, a brain freeze. Because everything that came out of his mouth was so negative, so negative, so negative. Always remember, my friend, that jealousy is a feeling. It's a feeling that comes inside of you to try to destroy you, to eat you up with envy. That someone is taking your place or someone looks better than you. Someone drives a better car than you. Someone has a better house than you. You know, and sometimes we try to catch up with people. We try to catch up to the Jones. By the time we catch up to the Jones, they've already refinanced at a lower interest rate. We're living in a world of just combating each other. You'll see down the road in this message some of the things that will come to you. Things that we must recognize about jealousy. Number one, jealousy is rooted in immature and selfish 
feelings. Say with me, immature and selfish feelings. Sometimes you have to tell the person that you're dealing with that's immature, say, quit being a baby. Amen? Quit being a baby. Determine to love people in a way that precludes feelings of jealousy. What, what does the word preclude mean? Uh, the word preclude means prevent from happening or make it impossible to happen. In other words, try to, to make it impossible that you will ever be jealous of a person that they have more than you, know more than you, and do more than you. Amen? I have met people that I've always, I've always said, Lord, if you want me to meet these folks, let me meet them. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and the Lord told me, never be jealous of another person, especially in the ministry as a preacher. Not be jealous of people that, that, that are doing more for the kingdom. I'll never forget praying, Lord, I, 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 just, I would just like to meet Earl Roberts someday. Well, one of my good friends that pastored the church there in, in the Mavie Center before they built their own church, Pastor Billy Joe Daughtery, uh, was very close to Brother Roberts. And one day, I was going to Victory Word Explosion. I actually have spoke at those and preached at Victory Christian Center a number of times. Gail and I met Pastor Billy Joe and Sharon in Bradenton, Florida, you know. And to think that I was the evangelist for that conference for four days, and he was the Bible teacher. You know, I had the, the night people were the biggest crowds. The morning was small. And to think that that man came and met me and said, when I go to Tulsa, I am going to build a church. I'm going to start a church. And I want you to be my first evangelist. Well, I said, who is this guy? He was from Arkansas. He always teased people. He said he was from L.A., lower Arkansas. And he sounded like he was from Arkansas. How many other people sound different? People from Oklahoma don't talk like the people in New York. Did you hear about the person from Oklahoma that was on vacation, wanted to see New York City? And they was in New York City on vacation from Oklahoma, and they pulled up to a gas station. And the gas attendant asked, asked the Okie, uh, how's your oil? He says, we're all right. How are you all? <laughs> you know, we cannot get jealous of people's identity. So Billy Joe Daughtery asked us to come. And we met him and had long relationship even to the day that he passed away. I spoke to him on the telephone three days before he passed away. He was at the Cancer Research Center. And I actually didn't call him. I called Sharon to, say, to tell her that Gil and I were praying for Billy Joe because he prayed for our children. Both of our kids went to uh, Victory Christian School. And by the way, I'm speaking at Victory Christian School to their uh, high school, their junior high high school assembly on March the 13th, we'll be there in their chapel to speak. They just called and wanted me to come talk about my book, Defeating Addictions, Life-Controlling Problems. So, and, and so, and then we're going to Pretty Water School out here to speak to the middle school also. I, I can't think of the date right now. But anyway, um, back to Pastor Billy Joe. He um, came to Victory Christian Center, started a church. And his church went from, I think, two, three hundred people and seven thousand people in that church doing things for the kingdom of God. You know, I said, praise God, every time I would see him, I'm so glad that I know this man. I was never jealous of what he did, you know. You know, you know when you have a church of seven thousand people and, you know, you're, you're there to please God, not to please them. But they'll put little notes in the offerings, you know, like... The music was too loud. You didn't have enough air and it was hot. I was cold. You know, all of these real nice notes. They never send a note, oh, how wonderful preacher you are. <clears throat> they always send these negative notes. <clears throat> that could make somebody very upset. But we overcome these jealous feelings. Avoid, my friend, that jealousy feelings only harm you. A jealous feeling toward somebody only harms you. Avoid every form of covetousness. Find your contentment and find your satisfaction in the Lord. Can you say amen? If you want to be happy, better find your satisfaction in who you are. I'm happy that I'm with Gail and Gail is with me and she ain't going nowhere. Why? I've made too big of an investment to let her go now. Somebody say amen. Huh? So then one day was walking to that word explosion and 
I was walking into the Maybe Center and because of my friendship with Billy Joe, he saw me getting out of my car and he was going in through the side door where the guest speakers go toward the platform. He said, hey, Lewis. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, going to church. He said, come on, come on, come on. Don't go through that door. Bunch of people there. So we went in through the side, the guest room, which I've been there as a guest speaker. And he said, come on, let's sit there. And then we went in, started, the meeting started. And I was just sitting praising God. I mean, and there was probably uh, several thousand people, 30, 3,500 people. And I was sitting just a few seats away from him and Sharon and uh, a guest speaker, Vincent Idihosa from Africa. <clears throat> and I'm praising God. And all of a sudden, while I'm praising God, I got my hands raised. Praise, and, and I feel, I'm feeling the presence of God. But the presence of God came so powerful at a moment. It was like a surge. And I, I thought God was going to give me a prophecy to give a word to that 3,500 people, you know, prophetic utterance. And then I kind of opened my eyes and I looked and there was a man standing next to me with hands raised and it was all Roberts. They came and sat him down while I was praising God and I looked at him and I kept looking, 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 looked like I was going about 60 feet tall. You know? And the presence of God was in that room. It was a strong presence of God. I'm glad what God did, all Roberts. Millions of people have been healed through his ministry. David Wilkerson, the founder of Teen Challenge, who I got saved under. Nikki Cruz, I just talked to his son-in-law, a good friend. And, and I, just, I just want you to know, we need to stand with our friends and do not let the spirit of envy and jealousy and covetousness destroy you. You'll see in a little while how that is happening even in our nation today. Here's what Galatians chapter 5 and verse 26 teaches us. It teaches us that we are to stop all, say with me all, forms of jealousy and envy for our own good. He tells us here, let us not become conceited. Look at your neighbor, say homeboy. You better straighten up. Amen? Let us not all become conceited. Let us not become conceited because what does conceit do? It provokes you on another person. And you provoke each other, envying one another. God said, I don't like that. Amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God don't like that. And you know, when you got an ugly spirit, I say something to you right now. Don't get offended. God don't like ugly either. He made you beautiful. Let's look at the circles that jealousy travels in for just a few moments. Number one, I believe je jealousy travels in power circles. Say with me, power circles. What does that mean? The Bible said that the Sadducees became so resentful they began to throw Christians in prison. Why? Because the apostles, here's the jealousy part, were becoming more popular every day. They were becoming more popular than them, and so they began to take the Christians and throw them in prison. What was happening? The balance of power was shifting to the right. Does that sound to you like a place called Washington, D.C.? The balance of power begins to shift toward the righteous cause and the evil people on the, on the evil side begin to attack. You don't have to have a gun to hurt somebody. You don't have to have a knife to hurt somebody. You can hurt somebody with your mouth. Yep. Words cut through people's hearts. My friend Mike Murdoch wrote a song, the kindest word is an unkind word left unsaid. Words unspoken leave hearts unbroken. The kindest word is an unkind word that's just left unsaid. Sometimes, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. But sometimes, I still love you. But sometimes we need to just shut up. Oh, I can hear you singing with me now. He has made me mad. He has made me mad. <laughs> Let's have a good confession at this point right now. Say, I love Pastor Torres. 
Jealousy shifts from the right to the left. And that's why people in Washington, D.C. are calling each other the names, saying things. And they're doing it both sides. And not just the, the, the right side. and the left, they, Both sides. Number two, jealousy travels. Are you ready for this one? In performance circles. Say the word performance. Look at what happened in the saga of Saul and David. Remember David and Saul, King Saul and King David? In the saga of, the, of Saul and uh, in, in, in King Saul in the Old Testament and David, around their area of performance, Saul, the Bible said they made a song about him. Saul has slain his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. How many know that it makes somebody mad? It's like saying, you know what? Uh, that guy's better than you. I'm going to tell you something. These people that I have been in, in their churches, on their platforms, I mean, I've, I've been, and, and I'm, I'm not telling you to try to get you to think that I'm, I'm somebody special. I'm just trying to tell you that I've been in that circle. And that to think that God took me from the ghettos to the platforms of the biggest television networks, PTL, the 100 Huntley Street, the CTN Network, and brought me, and I didn't call them, they called me. And then one day I said, you know what? I'd like, to, I'd like to go and meet that guy named Jimmy Swigert years ago. And guess what? I ended up at Baton Rouge, Louisiana, at First Assembly of God in Baton Rouge to preach a revival for David Kelly. Gil and I were there, and we got in, and we started that meeting Sunday morning. And that's what Brother Jimmy Swigert's office was. At that time, instead of the 800 in, uh, employees, he only had 200. That was years and years ago. And he was still doing pretty good. You know, seven, 8,000 people in the arenas. And I was, I was on the platform, and Brother Kelly came, sat next to me. He says, you better preach good this morning, Brother Lewis. I said, well, I'm going to preach what the Lord told me. He said, oh, no. He said, you better preach good. I said, why? He said, Jimmy Swigert is sitting up on the balcony with his family. I said, man, I've been wanting to meet that guy. <laughs> he said, well, I went up there and I just, the Lord said, just you preach what you were going to preach. Don't preach anything to put your best foot out. Just preach what you're going to preach. When I got through preaching the service and dismissed, people came to the altar. Brother Kelly came. He said, uh, Hey, come to my office. Somebody wants to talk to you. And there was Brother Swigert and Francis Swigert. And he said, man, we really like what you said. You know, praise God. He said, would you come to our office? We have chapel every Monday morning and speak to our staff. And then he started the church, Family Worship Center, and asked me to come speak there. And then asked me to, other times to come to three camp meetings. And you know, here's a man that has had people envy, jealousy, and a man that's had failures in his life. And I'll never forget one of the camp meetings that I preached for him. He, that Sunday morning service, he told me Sunday at lunch, he said, do you have a ride to the airport? Are you going, you're flying back home? Uh, yeah, I'm flying back home Sunday around four o'clock. There was another speaker schedule. He said, well, uh, uh, I said, but I'm, I'll take a cab. He said, no, 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 I'll come pick you up. Could you imagine Jimmy Swigert picking me up to give me a ride to the airport? So I, I got in his, in his, in his little, he had a little yellow Mercedes there just to, and I got in the car and he started telling me, he says, where did you learn them old songs that you sing? I said, well, I learned them in the church. And he uh, said, well, I just, I just thank God for what you're doing, you know, and, and I, uh, I'll never forget, we stopped and, uh, he just began to almost like, began to live back the days when he was a young evangelist. And I said, thank you, father. And for many years, God has led me in that direction because he told me never to, never to feel like somebody was better than me or I was better than somebody. Can I say this to you? Look at somebody say, look at your neighbor say, you're not better than me. Now say this to them, say the same, say, you're different. 
Matter of fact, the more I see you, you are really different. <laughs> Amen. So nobody's better than me and nobody, is, but we are all different. Amen. God made you different. Do not feel like you have to outperform somebody. Saul, King Saul and David were in a performance thing. Saul has slain his thousand, David his ten thousands. This performance circle of jealousy caused Saul to devote the rest of his lifetime hunting down David for the purpose of murder. Did you know that? These were two men of God. We, we, we have to get away from all of this. We have people today fighting each other verbally on television with words over pol political views and that views. My Lord, when is this going to stop? Why can't you just let me believe what I believe? Amen? Somebody say amen. amen. If, you, if, if you don't like apple pie, then I feel sorry for you. I love apple pie. And I like it with ice cream. I like to put cold ice cream and heat the apple pie. Amen? Because of the calories. Then I'm challenged to try to do something to sh lose some calories. How many ever got to the place where, man, I got to lose some weight. One day I got up, I felt like I needed to lose some pounds. And I got up and I felt like running 20 miles. Then I just sat down until the feeling went away. How many ever done that? You can't envy how someone looks, how someone dresses, how someone speaks. People tell me, man, have you heard this preacher? Man, he's got a talent to speak. And, and you know, I, I thought the guy was mixing the guy up with somebody else because the guy he was talking about, I heard him preach. Oh, he's got a good speech. He's got a good anointing. I said, you know, I'm going to listen again. Maybe he got the, and so I asked him, are you sure you're talking about the same guys? Yeah. So I went home, picked up the tape and there was this guy preaching. And I tell you uh, that God uh, loves you. Uh, if you'll come uh, to the altar uh, and you'll give your life to Jesus. Uh, I said, but that guy needs a speech therapist. So are you, I'm just being honest with you. There's some people get stuff out of this and stuff out of that. I don't want to tell you the simple thing of life is be who you are. Amen. Say be who you are. Amen. I remember when the, 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 the people like Rod Parsley and T.D. Jakes, those guys had strong preaching. Boy, and I love Rod Parsley's preaching and I got to meet him in Kansas City. And, uh, and, and T.D. Jakes, we were on TBN with him together, at, uh, with him on TBN. I was on the same uh, interview at, and, and the Dallas network there. And, and, and I said, man, I won't. So I said, you know, one day I said, you know what? I'd like to see what I could do. But you know what? You are anointed to be you. And I said, you know what? I love to, I love to preach like Rod Parsley and sweat like T.D. Jakes. <laughs> and one day God said, no, you need to be you. I've anointed you to be you. So get the performance thing away from your mind. You understand what I'm saying to you? Performance circle of jealousy caused Saul to devote the rest of his life to hunting down David for the purpose of murder. So much jealousy took up room in Saul's heart that tragically the Bible said the spirit of God, we're told, had to leave Saul's heart. That's the power of jealousy. You lose the anointing. Say, I'm not going to lose the anointing. Number three, jealousy travels not only in performance circles, but it travels in professional circles. Paul was saying, I'm doing this. I'm in prison in defense of the gospel. Not for selfish ambition to stir up trouble for while people stirring up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Paul was not about competition or having a territorial spirit competing with somebody else. I'm blessed for the people that are having tremendous results from the kingdom. Amen? Amen. And, and, and first of all, I'm not a professional, you know. I, I you know, I, yes, I, I went to college. Yes, I have a degree. But my gift is a calling. Amen. 
I said, I have a calling. I have a calling to help people. I have a calling to love people no matter what. And I just want to tell you right now, ahead, ahead, there's nothing you can do to make me get mad at you. Amen. Because if I get mad at you, then I'm the one in trouble because the Lord said not to get mad. Amen. You said you, you, you did. Yeah, I think I told you that the other day. The Bible said, be angry and sin not. So once you get upset, you put it under the blood. Say amen. So jealousy travels in professional circles and jealousy destroys others. Remember the murder of Abel? People lose their lives because of someone else's resentment. Remember Cain and Abel? Just read the story. I don't have time to go into the whole story. But jealousy not only destroys others, but jealousy destroys us. If you don't think the murder of Abel affected Cain, Cain destroyed Abel, but he destroyed himself in the process. I said he destroyed himself in the process. Jacob's jealousy sentenced him to years of wondering and hardship. Joseph landed on his feet in Egypt while his brothers suffered for their jealousy that they placed against him and dumped him in a hole where he was taken by a band of Ishmaelites, the Bible said in Genesis. But his brothers suffered under the terrible burden of guilt for years. And then Saul hunted David, but only, but the only life that he destroyed, Saul was his own. The crowds, the Bible said, were jealous of Daniel. So what did they do? They threw him in the lion's den. But they forgot that, that Daniel was a lion tamer. Who are you going to let tame your spirit? The crowds were so jealous. And Daniel was thrown in the lion's den. But when he came out unscathed, the same people that were thrown in the, in the lion's den, they were devoured themselves instantly. Jealousy ultimately devours anyone who gives into it. It is said that this is what, is, this is what happens, and I think we see it in life. It is said that envy shoots at others and wounds itself. Shoots at others, but ends up wounding itself. Jealousy runs in circles. And it always seems to come back around to us. So you say, Pastor, what's the answer? I'm so glad you asked me that. <laughs> Number one. Renounce jealousy as a sin. Say that with me. I will renounce, I will renounce jealousy, jealousy as, a as a sin. Number two, remember your rival in prayer. Say, I will, I will pray, pray for my enemies. Yeah, you got you to gotta pray for Joe Biden. You got to pray for Donald Trump. You got to pray for all these people that you disagree with. Amen. People are talking about that. You know, you hear stuff that you go, do, do I want to laugh or do I want to feel sad? I hear stuff like, makes me feel sad that they say Washington, D.C., the White House, is the most expensive elderly home in the United States. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm going, God, what is our nation coming to? What is our nation coming to? Say, I will pray. For those that I don't like. Am I going to tell you something right now? Just in case you didn't know this. But God will use people you don't even like. Amen? He will literally use people that you and I don't even like. That's the kind of God we serve. Amen? How many getting something out of this? Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. How many still like me enough? After all this, are, are you willing to take me out to lunch sometime in the future, even after this message? And I'm going to keep Here's how we attack jealousy. Renounce sin as, uh, jealousy is a sin. Remember your rivals in prayer. And number three, reaffirm, oh, this is important to say, 
I will reaffirm God's goodness in my life. God is going to be good to you no matter what you have done. Because he's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of love. He's a God of power. And he say, say with me, and I will rekindle God's love in my heart. God is important to people. God is important to you. Amen. And he loves you. And you know what? Don't ever try to get anything on God because he sees you coming when you're coming. Amen. I love the story of the young man that was about 16 and he was dating this girl and he really loved this girl, you know, you know, 16, you know, when, you know, when a, when a, when a boy's 13, he, he joins the Boy Scouts. And then when he's 15, he joins the Girl Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> he wakes up one morning and he goes, go get him, tiger. And girls, when they turn 16, they become boy crazy. And the mother says, oh, you better, we, we need to pray for our daughter. She's boy crazy. And the father says, well, thank God she ain't girl crazy. We having a big gender problem in America. I don't know whether you knew that. So now, this boy liked this girl a whole lot. And he was invited because the father wanted to meet the boy by the girl to come have dinner at their house. So the boy's going to have dinner at the house of this girl and he goes in the little town to the local drugstore where they have other stuff than just medicine and candy and the man behind the counter says can I help you son and the young man says I'd like that little box of chocolate candy I want that middle box of chocolate candy and I want that great big box of chocolate candy and the drugger says hmm sure May I ask you a question? What do you want these different sizes of chocolate candy boxes for? He said, well, sir, it's like this. I have a date this evening. I'm having supper at this girl's home. And after supper, I'm going to take her out on a dark country road. And when we get out there, I'm going to ask her if she let me hold her hand I'll give her the little box of chocolate candy. And then after a little while, in a few minutes, I'll ask her if she'll uh, let me kiss her. I'll give her the middle box of chocolate candy. And then after a while, I'll ask her if she'll go out with me forever. I'll give her the great big box of chocolate candy. And the druggist says, you know, that sounds very clever. Sold the young man the candy and everything. That evening, the boy went to his girlfriend's house to have supper at her home, and he had the candy in his car. You know, he was 16, 17. And uh, when he sat down to eat, the father asked him to pray over the food. This young man bowed his head, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he just kept on praying, and he prayed. When he got through, his girlfriend nudged him and said, I didn't know you were so devout. He says, I didn't know your father was a druggist. <laughs> There's a way, the Bible said, that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm going to tell you something. You can say fentanyl is killing people. That's why the schools are calling me back to come in but jealousy can kill you just as fast as fentanyl can so put it under the blood I said put it under the blood the blood of Jesus can cleanse can heal can deliver you amen be careful not to be duped by a deceived world in these last days do not be contaminated 
by the age that we're living in. There's a revival coming. You know, I'm going to try that one more time. And if you're really radical, can you just give a shout? There's a revival coming. Amen. That was kind of like a little Baptist shout. Let's try Pentecostal. Say, there's a revival coming. Amen. All right. You're starting to get it. Amen. Amen. So, you know, the Holy Spirit is going to bring us into a move of his power and of his love and of his joy that passes all understanding. Amen. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this prayer with me. Repeat it after me. Put your hand up. Say, Father in heaven, I pray for revival in our country. I pray for the bickering and the fighting and the disputing and the jealousy and the envy and the distrustful spirit and the strife in our nation to go. Blow through Washington, D.C. Blow through the Congress, through the House of Senate. Blow, Lord, in my church. Blow your spirit in my life. Cleanse me, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need a special touch from you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to the Lamb of God. If you're in this building right now and you say, Pastor Torres, I really want to make things right with God. I've had envy and jealousy in my heart, or maybe you're watching, and I've just gone through some things, and I just want to be able to leave that care and that load that's been on me so heavy. I want to leave it. I want to put it at the feet of Jesus. If you want to do that, heads about and eyes are closed for just a moment. Would you hold your hand up and say, this is between you and the preacher, no one else. Heads about and eyes are closed. Say, would you say a prayer for me? Would you put your hand up and put it back down? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you back there. Thank you, young lady. Anyone else? Anyone else? Let's all say this prayer together, would you? You can look up this way now, everyone. Let's say this prayer for three people that raise their hands to the master. Say, dear God in heaven, I ask you to forgive me. I leave this heavy load, this chain that's around my ankle, dragging this thing all the time. I ask you, Lord, to remove it. Lord, forgive me. Let me walk freely into my future because you have a good future for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise God. I'm so glad you came today. And don't forget at 6 o'clock tonight, everybody say at 6 o'clock tonight, for the next 10 weeks on, on a Sunday night, other than uh, Easter Sunday, we'll have Easter Sunday morning service, we'll have service that night. We're going to be having this survival guide, how to survive in these last days. Amen. We'd love for you to come. That way you'll see what Sunday night church feels like. It's going to be there as a teaching. We'll have tables there. We'll have handouts. Now, everybody look up. Look up, look up. I mean, look up to the ceiling. Hold your hand up. Say, I won't forget that this Sunday night at 6 o'clock, I can be here to hear this. Amen? Now, everybody that said that, God just took your picture. In the event you don't show up tonight, your picture will be in the post office tomorrow morning. Wanted for lying at first. <laughs> I just thought I'd tease you a little bit here. Amen. God bless you. How many love coming to First Assembly? Let me see your hand. I love you guys coming to First Assembly. Amen. And we love you. And so we want you to 
come back this coming uh, Sunday night. And and they are, if you want to buy a book, uh, the survival guide from Rick Renner, the one we're going to be teaching out for the next week, son, next 10 weeks on Sunday night, there you can buy them. They're for sale tonight there. Again, Gail said you don't need the book. You can, that we'll be handing out notes tonight at six o'clock. We'll start at six and um, we'll, whenever we get through, we'll, and Miss Gail's going to do most of the teaching. I'll be with her and we'll go back and forth and then I'll close it. Amen. So let's stand together. Amen. If you uh, have kids that go to schools other than Pretty Water or Victory Christian School or we have, uh, we, uh, we were, they were working on a date for us to go into uh, Sand Springs School here. And uh, they have not, we've not got that back. Kiefer is on the line to have us come in, number of schools. And uh, so let's just pray that these things will come to pass. We, we are, we're going to believe that we're going to stop some of these kids. There's so much fentanyl right now in America. You might not have been here when I said this, either last Sunday, Sunday before. There's so much fentanyl right now, enough fentanyl coming in from China through the borders that it could kill every human being in the United States three times over. And there's so much they're trying to get rid of it through the cartels to get more. The, the fentanyl pills are going at 25 cents a pill. A lot of these kids are thinking they're taking some kind of little pain, extra strength Tylenol, could be tainted with fentanyl. It could be the last medication they take. I've got to warn those kids. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you would guard and protect our children, our grandchildren, everyone that concerns us, Father, to be wise, not to take anything in our body that would destroy us and end our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Go with God and he will go with you. Love to shake your hand and hey.